Welcome to the Parker Aver Group's podcast series, Talk Retail to Me, where we offer insights and realistic advice from experts in the retail and consumer brands industries. If you're new to Parker Avery and this podcast, we are a leading retail and consumer goods consulting firm with over 600 years of collective experience, both as consultants as well as leadership positions in the industry. Our firm uniquely combines deep industry experience with consulting expertise and world-class talent to deliver meaningful results. Our approach allows us to build successful, long-term relationships with some of the most recognizable retail and consumer brands in the world. If you're interested in learning more about the Park Ravery Group, we invite you to visit parkravery.com. This is Trisha Gustin, Senior Director of Marketing at the Parker Avery Group. This week on Talk Retail to Me, I am joined by our Chief Analytics Officer, Sam Iosevich, along with Senior Analytics Consultant, Scott Carilla, and Professor Alex Iosevich from the University of Rochester Mathematics Department. Yes, Alex and Sam share the same last name because they are indeed brothers. We wanted to provide an insider's view of the university's STEM Tripods Summer Research Program, which recently concluded. STEM for All is a summer, month-long program during which participants from the university and other local colleges, as well as some high schools, will work on intensive research projects outlined by billion-dollar global companies. The Parker Avery Group's analytics team has been deeply involved in these STEM programs for a few years now. All right, you guys ready? Ready. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me today. It's always nice to see you all on a Friday. I wanted to talk about the STEM program that you recently concluded over the summer at the University of Rochester. So as a level set, just tell us a little bit about it. What was your role? What were your participants like? How many? Where they were from? Alex, you want to start off? Absolutely. So I've been running undergraduate research programs for almost 25 years. And I was very happy to discover in recent years that they've actually become popular. And uh, more and more students are um, interested in signing up for these programs and university administration uh, has been coming along as well. And this particular program was on mathematical methods in data science. And it was run under the auspices of a Tripods National Science Foundation grant. Uh, There was another aspect of this program called STEM for All, and this was sponsored by the University of Rochester. And this part of the program was for students who are not eligible for um, National Science Foundation programs because they're not U.S. citizens or permanent residents. And uh, the idea was to expand the franchise, so to speak, to gather students from STEM disciplines but who are not necessarily majoring in data science directly and to introduce them to projects where data science played a central role. So in this way, the idea was to introduce more talent uh, to the data science field, so to speak. Uh, My role in the program was was as an organizer, and I also ran a number of research projects inside the program. So um, I recruited most of the students, and I also recruited uh, many of the people who made the program possible, like Scott. So Scott is a um, former graduate student at the University of Rochester, and he came back to help with this program, and his role and experience in industry were absolutely essential. Yeah, uh, it was a pleasure to participate. I know Alex from from U of Rochester, uh, where I, I did 
a math PhD myself. And back in 2020, I had some extra time on my hands. And uh, during the summer, Alex mentioned that he was running this tripods program. And I wanted to you know, try and give back to the university in whatever way I could. And so um, I participated that year as a guest lecturer for an intro to probability theory and also as a kind of a, a TA for these small breakout sessions uh, where, where students tried to you know, work on homework problems and whatnot together. So when I had an opportunity to help this year, I nagged Alex and uh, was able to get a, a spot on a group project where I acted kind of in an advisory role. And the group I was with, it was about uh, seven or eight students, I believe, we were looking at the impact of economic indicators on uh, time series forecasting. So uh, very much in our ballpark. That's awesome. Uh, within those groups, so you said there were about seven or eight in your own group, Scott. How many participants in the program overall? Uh, there were in the neighborhood of 45 participants in the program. 45. Overall. Wow. Yes. And uh, it's also interesting to note that approximately half of these participants uh, were women, which for a STEM field these days is still fairly unusual. About half were women. Yes. That's fantastic. And they were, were they all from the surrounding Rochester area? Uh, yes. So they were from uh, University of Rochester, Rochester Institute of Technology, and Cornell. In the past, we've also had students from other uh, area schools like Nazareth College, but this year it was uh, just these three schools. Although, as I just remembered, we had two students from the University of Chicago who asked to participate by Zoom, and they were allowed to do so, and they were, in fact, excellent performers, performers in the program. Oh, that's excellent. So those two are Zoom, but the rest were live and in person? Uh, mostly. Uh, some of the Cornell students were there in person some of the time and on Zoom the rest of the time. For RIT students, it was fairly easy to get there, but upon occasion they had things to do, so they joined by Zoom. So it was mostly an in-person program, but there was a hybrid component to make sure that nobody missed out on anything. Yeah. Nice. That's so nice that we have that flexibility and it's become much more accepted and kind of the norm at this point. And I'm glad you're able to extend that through these STEM programs. That's just such a, a bonus for for the young people in the field. So what other types of projects? Scott, you mentioned economic indicator projects. What other types of projects did the participants work on? Okay, so there were eight projects in total. Uh, there are two uh, projects that were quite theoretical. So these were um, applications of uh, methods of theoretical mathematics to, uh, to data science. Uh, but there were several other applied projects as well. Uh, for example, there's one group working on multitask learning. The idea is to train a model once and have it perform several tasks. Uh, there was another group uh, that worked on efficient placement of charging stations uh, for the future when maybe a larger percentage of the cars are going to be electric. Uh, so we sort of, we modeled the city and we worked on placing these charging stations in a way that would minimize driving distance for the, for the cars involved. And there were aspects of reinforcement learning that were introduced into this process because otherwise, otherwise the model would be prohibitively complicated. 
there were two groups that were essentially working on pure mathematics aspects of data science. Uh, I already mentioned the multitasking. We already talked about the economic indicators group. Um, there was a group that was working on complexity of time series analysis. Uh, the idea there was that if you are given uh, time series, let's say sales data, how do you determine quickly and efficiently if this data is forecastable? Namely, do you have enough information there to make accurate forecasts? So this is a uh, hot area in data science that is nowhere near resolution, but we introduced some techniques into the study of that area that, that data scientists would be unlikely to employ. And so we have high hopes for this going forward. Can you speak a little bit about how companies were involved in this program? Absolutely. So Scott's uh, experience in sales forecasting and retail sales forecasting was absolutely essential to the project. My own experience with consulting work in the past year was also absolutely essential. I started running these programs two years ago where I essentially had to rely on information I got from YouTube, from Google, what I heard from other people. But once I was involved on a practical level with these things, this became a very different program, which I think that uh, it served the students much, much better. And of course, Scott's extensive experience uh, with his job was also important because then when we set up these projects for students, these were not abstract projects. They had to deal with issues that come up in retail sales on an everyday basis. And many of the students in the program are, um, are not looking for academic careers after, after they graduate. They're looking for careers in industry. So this was very important to them to be exposed to this sort of experience. Yeah. I'm very much hoping that other companies will get involved in this as well. Actually, just to kind of fill in some details on what Alex just said. So in my group on the, the economic indicators, so there's there were a couple of ways in which I was able to help. First and foremost, uh, you kind of give this big general task to these, you know, to the students, to the participants, and uh, they kind of don't know where to start. And, and really the, the starting point for any data analysis is finding a data set to work with, you know, they're not at a company, they don't have data flowing in daily. So where can we get the, a realistic data set that they, they can start uh, looking through and doing data analysis on? The first source people normally turn to is Kaggle, which is good and all, um, you know, it's a good source of data for practice. But if we wanna work with uh, the impact of economic indicators, uh, it would be great if we could see recent trends, particularly this year, because things have been happening, and so I was able to point them towards some data sets on the uh, U.S. Census Bureau's website, uh, which seemed, you know, they were updated monthly, I believe, and the data looked fairly realistic. The, the only downside is it's already clean. You know, they won't be able to do their own data cleansing in the wild. But uh, I think it was, it was a good experience for them to see that, you know, not all data sources are created equal. Another way in which... I found that I was able to make an impact in my group was in terms of the modeling itself. So we gave them a, a couple model types to work with. The, the first one was Facebook's profit engine, um, which is kind of an industry standard these days. 
and uh, also deep learning. Now, students kind of start salivating when they hear these, this phrase deep learning. So we kind of let them play with it, compare it to profit, and then let them be the judge of, well, was this really an improvement? Do we have the resources to dedicate to uh, you know, a large uh, deep learning model when profit seems to do a pretty good job itself? So I believe they, they had their own takeaways from that experience. Alex, did you want to add something? Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So one of the really interesting aspects of working with the students is that the whole point of this program is to go outside the classroom. So all of these are excellent students with excellent grades. They are really good at walking into the classroom, reading a chapter, doing homework problems, taking a test and getting an A. But uh, I painted the following picture for them over and over and over when I recruited them for the program. You take your A average and you get a job at some company, you get an assignment from your boss and you tell him, oh, I never worked with this software package before. And the boss says, mm, I don't care. So the question is, uh, what do you do at that moment? So the point I'm trying to make to them is that some people react well to situations like that immediately and some don't. And you can put yourself in a much better position to succeed later if you start practicing, practicing such things early. In what Scott described, so this happened over and over. So as he said, we first gave them Facebook profit. Nobody questioned the settings in the Facebook profit. And uh, everybody assumed that uh, the settings that we gave them were holy. And this is all they need to use. And then we slowly persuaded them that, that experimenting with these things constantly is the way to go. Uh, the same thing happened when we gave them a TensorFlow uh, neural network model. In fact, I deliberately uh, played a little game with them. I gave them the settings for the model and a data set, which was very small. And then I gave them a data set that was much, much larger. And I wanted to see how many of them are going to ask themselves whether they need to, to change the settings. These are all very, very bright students, but it takes some practice and some training to constantly think for yourself. This doesn't happen automatically. Not with everybody. It's essentially like, like learning how to do field work after spending all, all of your education in a classroom. You have to give the students their own agency to kind of make their own mistakes and discoveries. And so that's, I, that's kind of why I tried to be, find a balance between helping them and, and being hands off. Because, you know, you can tell them, try changing the settings, it will vary data set to data set. But if they learn that themselves, that's going to stick with them for the rest of their career. I also wanted to add to the answer that I gave to Sam's question about uh, company involvement. So Parker Avery was primarily involved because we had boots on the ground, so to speak, but others were involved also. We had a wonderful career panel where we had a couple of representatives from, uh, from Walmart. And uh, also in the course of the program, when questions came up, I, I talked to, for example, to Erin Tawilliger, who is now a Parker Avery employee, but back then she was still working for Intuit. Uh, and I also talked to, to Daily uh, Zhang at uh, Walmart um, about some reinforcement learning ideas that were then presented to the students. So there is overwhelming evidence that corporate involvement in these programs is extremely beneficial. And I will endeavor to expand it in the future. That's awesome. And it's, it's fun to see 
the combination of the academia and then the real world application, because like you said, they're used to the book learning and they're used to getting their straight A's. But then when they walk into the real world, it's an entirely new world uh, for many, for many young minds. So I, I love that they're, you're exposing them to these real world problems early on in their, in their career. Any other big surprises or aha moments that the students had, or you all had during the course of the STEM program? There were a few. So one interesting aspect. So we had several high school students and uh, in the program who all did very, very well. And we also had this interesting mix of computer science, mathematics, physics, and data science students. And um, this was the most diverse group of students in terms of education that I have ever had in uh Uh, in any of these programs. And going in, to be honest, I did not know how well the chemistry was going to work out, but actually it worked out very well. And there are many discussions outside of the working hours, so to speak, about uh, things people are studying, uh, et cetera. It It really is wonderful. And it convinced me that having this type of a mix in the summer program is really the way to go. Because it was a combination of experiences of different types of educational experiences that would be uh, difficult to find otherwise. So what was interesting to me is that there are aspects of this that uh, were, you know, you, you had problems which didn't necessarily have one right answer or, or, or you may have not known the, the answer ahead of time. So as you know, we're constantly working or constantly developing new uh, techniques and so on. Some of these that we've been working on for many years. And for a few, we make progress, and for others, we don't. So getting students used to that, I think, uh, that idea, I think, is very important. Now, you can only do so much over a couple of weeks or a few months, but but I think they certainly got the, got the idea, right? So maybe if you can talk about a, uh, a problem that they were working on that, you know, may, may not have had a solution or, you know, that they didn't, they didn't get to one or they made some progress on well, here's an example of, uh, of a problem they were working on. So one of the groups uh, was working on using discrete differences as a regressor in forecasting problem. And they started out with synthetic problem where they took synthetic function, the synthetically constructed functions and they used uh, TensorFlow neural network and later uh, profit to make forecasts uh, for future values of that function using discrete differences as a regressor. It took a while to set up correctly. It took a while to set it up efficiently, but towards the end of the program, uh, program they produced conclusive results showing that uh, this is something that uh, typically helps. And in parallel, there was a, the economic indicators group uh, tested uh, the same technology in the context of real life data. Uh, one of the branches of the derivative group is now working on um, on the theoretical foundation for this result and making considerable progress. One of the things I really liked about this program in particular for this year was, uh, you know, we've got these, was it eight groups? And, uh, you know, there's this tendency for groups to kind of stick to themselves that did not happen in this program. So we, we had a lot of interaction between different groups, economic indicators and derivatives. It, it was just really nice to see, you know, them kind of interacting with each other, this is, which is exactly what you see in the business world. 
you know, teams work with each other, not against each other. Well, and that just broadens their horizons overall for everybody involved. I mean, you know, you go into a field in, in college and in school because you love it or, or you're very good at it, but then exposing yourself to different people in different, in different areas will just broaden the way you look at the world and different opportunities. I think that's fantastic. What's, what's the next program you have planned, Alex? Okay, so that's actually um, that's a great question. So another thing that I started doing last year is that I decided that these undergraduate research programs should run continuously, that summer is really not enough. So there's a sort of a paradigm shift that's been happening and perhaps not quickly enough, but it's definitely going on. And that is these programs used to be only for elite students. So there are a few of these national programs where the best students were chosen and the rest of the students were really left out. It is my view that every undergraduate student in every discipline, not just in STEM, should have access to undergraduate research because every student is going to have to, let's put it plainly, make a living after they leave. And for this, they need independent thinking skills. Uh, so my dream at the University of Rochester is to create a situation where every undergraduate student has access to these opportunities. So every team that was running in Tripod STEM for All is still running. Uh, moreover, um, so about 30 students from the program uh, decided to go on with the projects. And I had an organizational meeting uh, last week where another 50 or so students joined. So this is now a program that has over 80 students in eight different uh, research groups. How exactly... I can run this program and still sleep from time to time is a different question, which is perhaps not for today. But, but the point I'm trying to make is that there's great interest and things are continuing. So, so Alex, how can, how can companies like Parker Avery help? I mean, certainly we can bring use cases. Um, sometimes we can even work with our customers to bring, to bring data and so on. But how can we help on a, on a continuous basis? Uh, so Parker Avery is already helping and they can continue helping along the same lines in two different ways. One is that people like Scott, and it's it's not only Scott, both Evan Witt and, uh, and George Arutunyans contributed problems and ideas, and so did you, and uh, so did Aaron Tewilger. Another way that Parker Avery can help is the way it's already been helping. So two of the University of uh, Rochester students, uh, namely... Uh, Arian Najimzadeh, and um, I'm sorry, my brain is not working today, uh, Charlotte. So they were interns at uh, Parker Avery, and my understanding is they did very well. Uh, this, did. this information has uh, already filtered down to the students, and it is encouraging their participation because it, pro it provides a potential gateway for them to enter the industry. So, uh, so the mechanisms are already in place. Uh, for uh, to help these students. So Alex, as, as, as you mentioned, we had an outreach to the University of Chicago and there was a couple of students from the University of Chicago who joined and as you mentioned, they, they did pretty well. Uh, yes. These are very, very bright uh, students, yes. Uh -huh. Sure. So if, if, there, if we wanted to get other uh, students involved, you know, we have, let's say, relationships at uh, Georgia Tech and other places, how could they get involved in your program? Any student anywhere who wants to involved in these programs 
can contact me and I will do everything in my power to get them set up. I have extensive contacts in other universities, uh, and I know many people who are interested potentially in running these programs. Um, some of these programs, so um, uh, some programs of this type have already been run. For example, uh, Steve Sanger, a former PhD student of mine, who also, by the way, participated in Tripods uh, last summer, um, has been running similar programs at Missouri State University. Azita Maieli, who also helped out with this program, is planning to run something similar in City University of New York. And I have contacts with other people who are potentially interested as well. For example, Charlotte Utten, that we discussed a few minutes ago, is now a postdoctoral researcher at the University of Denver, and she will be applying for a National Science Foundation grant uh, with my assistance to run a program like this next summer. I love that. I think it's so important to help mentor the, you know, these young professionals coming in academia and then going out into the, the world. I love that it's kind of broadcasting out throughout the United States. I think that's fantastic. Excellent. You know, analytics is a big part of what we do, but there's also a business process component to, to everything that we do. And I think that there are, as you mentioned, there are other disciplines that, uh, that I think could, could, could be involved as well. Maybe not in the programming or the data science aspect, but there's certainly tangential aspects to all of this. And so, you know, if you're, if you're looking at some of the liberal arts disciplines, I could also get involved. And I was wondering if you're open to uh, having some of those people get involved in the program and helping, working with us and working with some of the data science uh, folks to frame up the problem and uh, work in a way that would be similar to the environment that, that, that they would see uh, in industry. So this is an amazing coincidence, or maybe not a coincidence, because we are related after all. On Tuesday at lunch, uh, I have an appointment with, <laughs> with a professor from the economics department about expanding the program that way. At the end of next week, I have an appointment with the director of the Humanities Center, where my hope is to persuade him that people in his discipline can benefit from data science techniques also. So this is uh, very much something I've been doing for the past couple of weeks. Fantastic, because this is uh, top of mind for, um, for the management team at uh, Parker Avery. Yeah, absolutely. You know, besides getting in touch with you, is there a website? How can people learn more, companies and individuals learn more about the program, get involved? Um, absolutely. So there, is a, so there are a couple of websites. I have a uh, website containing information about all the previous Tripods and STEM for All programs, and I would be happy to provide you with the links. Yep, I'll put them in the show notes. And there's a link for the continuously running program. Uh, in fact, I had a wonderful exchange of emails with, with one of our undergraduate directors, Kalyani Madhu. She emailed me and she asked, uh, one of the students inquired if your program will be running in the future. And my response was, as long as I'm breathing, this program will be running. And her response was, keep breathing. All right, gentlemen, really appreciate the, the conversation. I, I love these programs. I, I am excited that a lot of women, young women are participating as well. It's really nice to hear. And thank you so much for all the information. And of course, for joining me on this Friday afternoon. Thank you. I appreciate, as always, the discussion. So uh, you all have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. You too. Thanks for Thank you. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. Alex, bye-bye.
That's a wrap for this week. We hope you enjoyed hearing about the STEM Summer Research Program. On a personal note, it is projects and partnerships like this that make me proud to work for a firm that has a passion not just for our clients, but for helping locally and globally in many different ways. To get more information, links will be in the show notes for this episode. If you are interested in learning more about Parker Avery, please visit parkeravery.com or follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. And we would appreciate it if you subscribed and shared Talk Retail to me to any colleagues who may be interested. Thank you, and we look forward to sharing more retail and consumer goods insights with you.